come up on me, Lord God, to preach this word. I think right now at this moment, I need you more than I've ever needed you, Father God. Anoint me to bless your people, Lord God, to love them, Father God. Oh, Lord God, we need you in this place, Lord God. Amen. Man, right now, we're living in a day and age where the love of not just the people in the world, but the people in the church, their love is waxing cold as we speak. As we speak. And it's because offense has captured the hearts of God's people. Instead of being convicted, people are beginning to become offended. Hurt. Pain. Persecution. Being lied on and being wronged. God wants me to remind you, if you don't forgive others or forgive yourselves, our Father who is in heaven will not forgive you. I'm going to tell you something. Hurt people, hurt people. Offended people, they offend people. And we are called to love those that hurt us. We are called to love those that offend us. We are called to love those that persecute us. We are called to love, and this is the title of my sermon, we are called to love our enemies. Amen. But to understand what love truly is, and I'm not talking about the world's love as uh, if you love me, I'll love you. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. If you do something for me, I'll do something for you. I'm talking about an agape love, a love with no conditions. It's the kind of love that I'm talking about. So I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Because we've gotten love in society all mixed up and all jacked up. Love is not caught up in feelings, and love is not caught up in emotions. Love is in action. Love is what we do, not what we say. Do not let your actions be contrary to the words that come out of your mouth. I love you talking bad about the ones that you claim that you love behind their backs. That is not love. I got to turn my Bible too, huh? <laughs> the anointing is so sweet in this place. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 1, and the word of the Lord reads, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, somebody say love. I have become a no, like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I have nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. 
and love is kind and it is not jealous. Love does not brag and it is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. And if there are tongues, they will cease. If there is a knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things, like hold offenses, not forgive, hold bitterness in my heart. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love, abide these things, these three. But the greatest of these is love. But in order to love your enemies, I must tell you, you must first know that you were once upon a time an enemy, an enemy of God. And he sent his love. In order to love your enemies, we must first take this to the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. And the word of the Lord reads, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen. Now we can go into Galatians chapter 6. <clears throat> Verse 14. And the word of the Lord reads, Amen. But may it never be, this is Paul speaking, but may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, if anyone can boast, it is me. I'm the one that can boast. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as the law, a, prop, a, a Pharisee as to the zeal, a persecutor of the church as the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. Paul had reason to boast. And if anyone could boast, it was Paul. And to the church of Corinthians, he says, I have... I've had far more labors and far more imprisonments, beaten times without numbers, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers and dangers from robbers and dangers from my countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, 
dangers in the wilderness. If anybody had anything to brag about or to boast about, it was Paul. But Paul says, I, 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 was be, I have been in labor and a hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Paul did all this for the sake of the gospel. And Paul, if anyone could boast, he could. But Paul says, I boast only in the cross because Paul realizes one thing. All these things I did, they couldn't save me. They could not save me. I can minister to a thousand people a day, and guess what? That cannot save me. I can get beat on my back for the sake of the gospel, and guess what? That cannot save me. Paul understood and he knew that Jesus Christ, he was the way, the truth, and the life. And he boasted in the cross. It's the cross. The cross. It means death to the sinner. And life in Christ, it was the cross. And Paul understood this, that the cross meant power. Yes. It meant reconciliation, yes. the cross. Yes. Nothing I could do can reconcile me back to God. Yes. Only what Jesus Christ did on the cross. you got to go back to the cross. Yes. We can preach all these amazing sermons, man. I love the sermons on unity because we got to have unity, but it can't save you. On perseverance, perseverance, it will not save you. It is the cross, it is the gospel of the good news that you were a sinner in desperate need of a savior. And Jesus Christ, whew, I don't deserve this. I can't earn it. I was dead in my trespasses. And I was in desperate need of a savior. But Jesus Christ came to give me life and life more abundantly. And I do not deserve it. I look at myself sometimes and I cry. But I look at the cross. It is the cross. Jesus doing something for me that I couldn't do for myself. My mama loved me, but guess what? She couldn't save me. Daddy loved me too. Guess what? Couldn't save me. My second parents back here, Pastor Raymond and Miss Heather, they loved me to death, but they can't save me. That's what Jesus Christ did, man. At the cross, the cross of Calvary. It is for God, man. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. There's love, a love so wide, a love so scandalous, a love so tall, a love so far, a love that went out and snatched me up when I was in my mess and brought me right back to the cross. Yeah. The cross. I know the spirit of the Lord is upon me. It ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm only here because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. I deserve to die that death. I deserve to be beaten on that cross. But God demonstrated his own love towards me. That when I was the enemy, I was the enemy, man, against God, hostile to anything of God, and he loved me so much that he demonstrated it. By sinning is only begotten. 
And I tell the guys all the time, I got two little boys, and if they had to go to the cross for any of us, we'd all be dead. But God, but God, the cross is our pardon. It's the cross is forgiveness. The cross is love. And here we go. We can't love our enemies. We can barely love our friends. Can't even love family members. Because we get so caught up in our feelings. The cross. The cross is a message of an unconditional love to an unbelieving world. And we got people sitting in this sanctuary right now who just don't believe. And I'm here to tell you right now that you were headed to a devil's hell. And before the foundations of the earth, God knew you was going to mess up. But the Bible says before the foundations of the earth, there was already a slain lamb. Which means that before you was ever thought about, there was already a slain lamb. He knew we was going to mess up. He knew we were going to fall sin and fall short of the glory of God. And because of his love, because he had to be reconciled back to us, that's how deep and wide his love is. It had to happen. He couldn't, he didn't want to be without us. He sent his son, man. Go to Romans chapter 8. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say hold on. Because I really need you to get, get here to this part. Because I need you to underline this in your Bible if it's not already underlined. Over on the men's home, if you was here in my class, I know that it is underlined in your Bible. A31, the world Lord reads. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Somebody say all things. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather he who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who is interceding for us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long and we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we are overwhelmingly conquered. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
and even his enemies. This is the kind of love that he has for us. And it wasn't while we were friends of Christ that Christ died for us. It was while we were enemies that he died for us. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Here you have Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he begins to say some things to the people that sounded really crazy. Not only did they sound crazy, but they sounded very impossible. Since we are a creature, we are a people that are so caught up in feelings, so caught up in our emotions. We cannot see past our feelings and we cannot see past our emotions. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, and the word Lord reads, You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And that was common. But then Jesus Christ brought a kingdom principle. He was trying to bring them over to the kingdom. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons. Somebody say sons, sons. And, daughters. and daughters. Come on, somebody. Of your father who is in heaven. If I were to ask you, who are you? 90% of you will say, I am a child of God. Well, right here in my Bible, it says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of the Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. What he's saying here is my love is for the believer and the unbeliever. My love is for the righteous and the unrighteous. My love is for the good and for the bad. My love is for my enemy and for my friends. It's an agape love. It is a love that never fails. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Murderers, they love people that love them. Thieves, they love even pedophiles. They love people that love them. So who are you? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It's easy to love somebody, man, to love you. It's easy to do. Anybody can do that. 
It's easy to give to somebody than give to you. That's easy. Anybody can do that. To be nice to someone that's being nice to you, anybody can do that. But that's the world's love. The worst sinner walking the face of this earth can do that. But God is calling us into the kingdom. Not to love like the world loves, but to love like he loves. And it's so hard because we got so many people around us that are messed up, that are jacked up. And we spend so much time pointing out the wrong instead of loving them. It hurts my heart. They need to get away from here. Well, you need to get away from here too. They don't deserve it. You don't deserve it either. But Jesus is calling us to do what seems to be impossible. Something we can't do in our own strength and our own ability. How in the world are we going to love like God without God? How are we going to love the way that God's calling us to love without the Holy Spirit? I can tell you it's impossible. He is calling us, brothers and sisters, to love our enemies, to make peace with those who've wronged us. Over here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now here we see, they shall be called sons of God. So those that love their enemy, those will be called sons of God. Those that make peace with their enemies will be called Sons of God. So we are to make peace with our enemies. The Bible says, before you take your offering up to that altar, you better go to the one that has wronged you and make things right with them. That's what the Bible says. That's not the word of kin. That's the word of God. And some of you are wondering why you're not being delivered, why you're not getting your families back. You're wondering why these things, why you keep asking for these things and you're not getting them. It's because you've got this bitterness and you've got this hatred and you've got this unforgiveness in your heart that you need to let go. I know. I know most of us, if not all of us, have been wronged. Even we didn't done the wrong. A whole bunch of wrong. Some of us have been hurt. As a matter of fact, I take that back. All of us have been hurt. All of us have been wrong. All of us have been offended. And we've been hurt, wronged, and offended by the ones that are closest to us. My worst enemies, once upon a time, were my best friends. I thought they was down for me. I thought they had my back. We was in the trenches together. We were fighting together. And now they turn their back on me. Now they persecute me. Now they lying on me. Now they sowing seeds of discord. Offended. Offended people offend people. And hurt people, hurt people. 
I loved them. How are they going to do that to me? And God is calling me to do the impossible, to make things right with them. You mean to tell me I got to go to them and they're the ones that wronged me? But look at what I did for them, God, and they wronged me. And you want me to go make things right? Are you serious? There's pain running deep, man. Offense just captured my heart. And you're asking me to go make things right? They're wrong, man. The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 in the world, Lord reads, it says, blessed. Now, how in the world am I supposed to feel so blessed? Are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you, but I don't feel blessed. And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. I don't feel blessed. And God's saying right here in verse 12, he says, but rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Like I said, we get so caught up in our feelings over being wrong and, and being lied on and being backstabbed. We forget, we forget about God telling us to love our enemies. We forget that us loving our enemies is actually bringing God glory and bringing our enemies to repentance. And that's what it's about. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your, it's not about your emotions. It is about the kingdom of God going forth. It is about repentance. It is about what Jesus Christ did on the cross. But we can't see past an offense. We can't see past hurt feelings. We can't see past what they did to me. And there's, there's one thing I realized. I realized that the test is not so much as me being able to handle somebody wronging me as much as it is me loving the person that wronged me. Because see, these tests right here of loving my enemy and loving those that offend me, loving those that hurt me, they are taking me from glory to glory, transforming me into the image of Jesus Christ. It is love, and we've gotten away from it. But God told me, King, the only way to this is from the cross. Got to go back to the basics. Pastor Raymond said, keep it simple. Amen. And that's it. It's the simplicity of it. You were forgiven Amen. for all the stuff that he did that we know about, but you're also forgiven for the stuff that we don't know nothing about. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. David said it like this. God is you and you alone that I've sinned against. He had Uriah killed. And he said, God, is you that I sinned against. He's called Bathsheba to commit adultery. But it's you, God, that I sinned against. Not them. Please don't take your spirit away from me. 
please don't strip me of your anointing, is what he cried out. Worship team, y'all can come on, get up here. I'm almost done. You know, it's hot. I got to get in shape. Hey, I, I did. Hey, I, I done worked out two days in a row. I'm, I'm feeling good. I feel a little bit bigger. We tend to forget about all the wrong that we've done. We tend to forget about it. And we start to look at what people did to us. I'm jacked up. I know I am. So when somebody wronged me, instead of me looking at them, I look at myself. And that way, I am able to love them with an unconditional, agape love, the love to bring God glory. God didn't just love us with words. He loved us with the word. The word that became flesh. The word, the word that dwelt among us and we didn't even know who he was. He sent his son to the cross. Died a sinner's death. A criminal's death. That's what he did for us. He forgave us he forgave us and he cleansed us of all. Somebody say all. all. All unrighteousness. I don't care how nasty, how filthy, how wrong, who you did it to or what you did it for. Guess what? Deal with it. You are forgiven. And that is the simplicity of the gospel. That there was a love that came for you. Amen. We've been harboring this bitterness, this unforgiveness, this hatred, some of us and our hearts for people that's wronged us. And I got one piece of advice for you. Repent! Repent and turn to God. John the Baptist preached repentance. Turn to God. Jesus, the first words came out of his mouth and I said, repent! Paul, repent! there's only one way to God and that's through the cross of Jesus Christ and to repent and turn to God I'm going to tell you what your purpose is your purpose is to bear fruit lasting fruit I'm talking about lasting fruit in a world full of hatred you are to love your enemies that's what we're called to do this altar right here is open and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Some of y'all need to repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And I promise you, he will bring a refreshing. Amen.